Hallelujah. Wow, what a good night to serve the Lord. Do you love him tonight? Hallelujah. God bless you for coming out on a Sunday night. And all these beautiful kids are here with us too. Hallelujah. Man, we prayed for a lot of people up here this morning at the end of the service. And I just want to start by asking if anybody has a testimony from that time of something that God did that uh, was powerful, maybe in your body, maybe in your soul, whatever, anybody uh, just ready to go from this morning, you want to give a testimony. Hallelujah. Here's one. Yeah, come on up. All right. Tell us what Jesus did for you. When I was praying for Bill and I wanted him to get healed, I just felt like he was going to get healed and I knew I just knew that he was going to get better soon and that his strength was going to get better. Amen. And were you able to check with him later? Um, no, but I hope I will be soon. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you do that this week. If you can talk to him, you check in on him and see how he's doing, okay? Okay. 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 All right. All right. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hey. If he's not already, Bill's going to be healed. Amen? Amen. The faith of a child. It's awesome. It really is. Anybody else? You ready to go with a testimony from uh, this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, I want to just throw out a couple of words here and see if some of them land. <laughs> I just, uh, I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you? Amen. It's just a wonderful way that God moves among his people. Um, is there anybody here tonight, you, you're, you've got a pain or a, uh, maybe even a trauma or something that came to your rib area, and uh, you want to be healed of that? Any, who is that? Here he is over here. Kurt, come on up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So what happened to you, Kurt? Uh, I, was I was trying to change the oil in Nancy's car last uh, December. and uh, You know, guys, guys with these white beards and mustaches, there's a place up here called Walmart. <laughs> they, do, they do it. Yeah, I found it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I was doing some twisting and, and uh, churning to get, you know, to get this job done, and I, right. and I tore some cartilage in my ribs. And uh, I should have stood up a minute ago, but... Um, I wrestled with the Lord for about two hours last night. And he got through to me that I, I needed to prune some things uh, that I'm uh, overdoing and underdoing, you know, how that mm. goes. So uh, when I got here this morning and Char <laughs> Charlie <laughs> talks about pruning, you right, know, right. Uh, I was primed for it. And then, uh, and then your message fit right into that too. So, uh, what was your original question? <laughs> the uh, the pain and and uh, stuff in your rib area. So anyway, we missed Christmas. Uh, she had the flu, and I sat in a chair across from her. 
and we didn't put a decoration up. We didn't, we hardly even put any music on. We just sat there for about a month and a half while this thing tried to heal. And, mm. and anyway, in my wrestling with God last night, uh, the, <laughs> I, I seemed to tear this thing loose again so, mm. so that it's popping. Mm. When I breathe, it kind of pops and pops and pops and pops. It's yeah. not very comfortable, but I mean, it doesn't hurt a lot, but. Yeah, wow. Extend your hand out toward Kurt here, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, just relax and just let this healing fire just come into you, Kurt. The price was paid for this healing 2,000 years ago by Jesus in his perfect obedience to the Father's plan. And we just release that into you right now by his stripes. You are healed. And I speak to this trauma that came against this body right now. You are going to fall back and off in Jesus' name. And you systems in this body, you're going to unite together in there, the muscle system and the skeletal system and the nerves. Get into order there right now on this left side of his body. In the name of Jesus. Pain from this, you fall back and off in Jesus' name. And whatever adjustment is needed right now, we just release it right now into the ligaments, tendons, bones, all of that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you think? It's better. It's better, huh? If it was on a scale of uh, 1 to 10 of what it was when you came up here, what, what would it have been then? Well, it wasn't real painful at the time, but um, uh, I mean, yeah. just today. Right. But I noticed it. Now it's, uh, it's not popping when I breathe. <laughs> now, that's, now that's a good thing right there. Amen. Amen. Now you grab hold of that. That healing is yours. It's your possession. It was given to you by Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus some praise here tonight. What a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, he's good. It's amazing how good he is. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's... Uh, is there someone here, you've got a problem and an issue in your mouth. It's pain, uh, stuff going on in there, and you just need that healed. Is that you? Come on up. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Well, God knows you better than I do. <laughs> yeah. Where do I start? I feel like I got the mouth of a 90-year-old man. But... um. Uh, several years ago, I had um, some wisdom teeth removed in my later 30s, and I have no feeling here, um, which is no feeling and some feeling, which is usually pain. Um, several teeth have been removed, and um, you know I do get like phantom pains and stuff in my mouth. So, um, but specifically here, I haven't what five years now. Okay, so it was early 30s, but. <laughs> I'm not over 40 yet, but um. <laughs> you're a, you're a young man. <laughs> My yeah. So anyway, so yeah. it's a little, 
That's my left side? Right. That's my left side. Right. I should have a sticker on my shoe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> R&L, right? Yeah. yeah, you're Chris, right? I am. All right. Extend your hand out toward Chris here, everybody. Hallelujah. Chris, just relax and just let this fire of God just come into you. It's a gift. You just receive it. The price has been paid. Jesus, we thank you tonight that you paid the total price for Chris's healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And also, uh, here in this head and in this mouth of Chris, we just rebuke the effect of trauma and the impact of trauma itself against his bones, against his skin and his nerves. Trauma, fall out of there in the name of Jesus. This body was not created for trauma. It was created for life and peace and joy. And you pain right now. You roots and source of this pain. You dry up and wither and become nothing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's resurrection power. And we just call back all the feeling into these nerves all around his face, his jaw there. In the name of Jesus, come back. We say yes to you, Jesus. Yes to your mercy and yes to your power. And yes to the great love that you have for Chris. <laughs> Show him how great that is tonight, Father, in a new and a fresh way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing? Still there, is there any change in it at all? That's okay. You don't need to be sorry. It's, it's not me. <laughs> okay. um, well, well, actually, actually, it, it's Jesus, and, and it's belie us believing him. That, that's really what it is. And uh, he wants you well. That, that's the bottom line of it all. So what I would encourage you to do through this service is just relax in the presence of God here. Just let him do whatever he wants to do in you and however he wants to do it because he loves you so much. Yeah, that's true. Amen. Give Jesus some praise here tonight. Now, let me just take a moment and explain something to you here in, in light of what we're doing here. There's several gifts of the Spirit operating here tonight. And uh, there's, a, there's a difference. Well, first of all, these are words of knowledge that, that I have called out here. They're listed in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, there's two gifts in that list that people sometimes get confused about. And we as Americans really really like the gift of working of miracles because everything happens at once and you get it all done and pain goes away and you're, you're completely well. That's working of miracles. Um, there's another gift in that list. If you study it carefully, you'll find the name of that gift is gifts, plural, of healings, plural. One gift is comprised of gifts, multiple, of healings, multiple. 
And with that gift, and that's what I suspect is happening with Chris here tonight, I expect with Kurt, that was a working of miracle there. Just uh, everything came and, and the pain went away and no more popping. That's, that's that gift. But with Chris here, I think it was more likely that it's gifts of healings. And what happens with that gift is we draw a line in the sand and we say to the thing, it's not going to progress any farther. We receive the healing power of Jesus. And then the person starts getting better and better and better until they're completely whole. And um, I'll tell you a story about this that really helped me understand this. It happened a long time ago when we were first starting this ministry. My wife and I ministered to a young lady in Appleton, Wisconsin. And her problem was her jaw was starting to lock up. And the doctors were making the plans for what she would do and how she would even feed herself when it was totally closed. And so we ministered healing to her in the church there. It was the last week of August that year. We left, went on, did many other things, came to the month of December. We went to India. And uh, this was back in the days of answering machines for phones. Remember those? Kind of, kind of with cassette tapes, right? <laughs> yeah. We came home from India in the middle of December, and our light was blinking, so we pushed the button. And this is what the voice said. Hi, this is Lori from Appleton. It's December 5th today. I'm calling you today because I've been getting better and better and better ever since you prayed for me, but today is the first day I have all of the movement of my jaw back, all of the pain is gone, and I thought you would just want to know, and that's my testimony. We were like, God, what a God. From August, to last week of August to December 5th, but it was gifts of healings. More gifts came the next day, more came the next week. They just keep coming in that gift until the person is well. So please understand that. That may happen with you uh, tonight if you're prayed for, or you may receive gifts of healing, but they are, they are, you, may, you may receive working of miracles, but uh, they are not the same gift. And um, it is the grace and mercy of God, I believe many times, I believe there are a number of things that go wrong with us that it actually is better for us to be healed slowly over time and keep getting better and better. And, and in the long run, we will hold that healing and keep it better than if it were all an instant thing all at once. That's just my opinion, okay? But I can't help it if I'm right, you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Well, hey, I want to just uh, tell you a, a little bit more about our stuff at the table, and then I'm going to preach. Um, I think I forgot this morning to tell you about our Be Healed cards. Um, we have four different designs of these back there. They are better than Get Well cards, okay? <laughs> they are designed to help the person get healed that is sick. And so... Um, each one of them, uh, actually these were done, the, these uh, prints were original watercolors that were done by our staff gal, Jan, 
who works in our office. She is a prophetic artist, and I gave her this task, and she really prayed about it. She, it took her two months to come up with these, and uh, we've used these four as the, the uh, covers for these cards. Uh, but uh, you can write your own greeting in here. The outside says, be healed. Inside it says, in the name of Jesus. And then each one comes with this CD. The CD is not teaching. It is not preaching about healing. It is a healing declaration that I made in a meeting we held in Mora, Minnesota, in the Mora Civic Center, uh, back a little over three years ago. On that night that this was recorded, dozens of people got healed of all kinds of things, including an autistic six-year-old boy who was speaking full sentences to his mother in the van going home, which he had never done in his life. And furthermore, we've had follow-up on this guy. Uh, a woman came to our Friday night fire meeting here about two months ago, and, and this is three years later now. The boy is nine now. She knows the family, and she stood up and testified in our meeting that this boy is mainstreamed in his class. He's getting A's and B's on all the stuff he does. He's, it, everything is, is awesome. Three years later. I think you ought to give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. So these are back there. Um, just get them and send them to people that are sick and get them well in the name of Jesus. This set is called Healing for the Whole Person. It, in the six messages that are in here, uh, we actually go after several different things that make our bodies hurt and, and have problems. And not everything that uh, needs to be healed comes to us the same way. There are, like Kurt here, he had a trauma against his body. And uh, there are accidents, there are, there are impacts on us, there are physical diseases and viruses and things like that are, that are in the physical environment. And there's another whole class of diseases that have their primary causation from within us. And they're caused by fear, stress, and anxiety. And these are literally diseases and, and illnesses that we bring on ourselves by worrying, by fearing, by, by entertaining anxiety. And it's by no means everything that goes wrong with the body, but it is most certainly something. I, I think it's uh, approximately a third of what happens to us across the human race. And the answer to those, I believe, and I, I teach on this in the last two messages in this set, the answer to those is strong doses of the Father's love that comes down to the inside of the person and begins to heal them on the inside. And we base that all on a verse in John, 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out fear. And I will tell you tonight that fear is the root of much, much bad stuff that goes on in human lives. And it does. If it's entertained over months and years of time, it can literally make your body sick. It's been proven by the medical people now. The Bible was saying it 3,000 years ago in the book of Proverbs. True, and that's all in the teaching in here. So that sets out there as well. Um, we've got this one single message on video DVD here, the Gospel of Healing. 
This message takes up the obstacles that can stand in the way of healing. Some of these are theological beliefs, like Paul's thorn. There's a lot of things said about Paul's thorn. I set the record straight in this message on Paul's thorn. Once again, I can't help it if I'm right, <laughs> okay, but, but I believe I am. Uh, and a number of other obstacles that many times we entertain in our thoughts and our minds that just prevent us from being healed. Many people have been healed by just listening to this and just moving these particular obstacles out of the way. And uh, healing just sometimes seems to flow automatically with that. Uh, for those of you that weren't here this morning, we have a uh, flash drive that has everything on the table and much, much more. Uh, and so you need a, a USB-capable device to plug this in, and you will be able to uh, access all of that. All right, hallelujah. How many are ready for the word here tonight? Awesome. Take up your Bible, please. And let's turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. How many of you think if we could heal like Jesus did, that would be really a good thing? Wave at me if you, if you agree with that here tonight. All right. That's what we're going to go after here tonight is healing like Jesus healed. And uh, I want to start by telling you a story. Everyone scream at the top of your voice. Tell us a story, doctor. Tell us a story, doctor. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this happened in a village in Tanzania called Gaeta. We were doing a crusade there. We had a pastor school going on in the daytimes, and we were having a wonderful time. And I brought a teaching on healing on this certain day. And we were to the end of our time, and I was ending up, and I was just about to send them out and say, come back tomorrow, and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And he said to me what at the time seemed to be a very strange thing. He said, you haven't given them their homework. I'm like, man, homework? I used to be a college professor, you know. I know about homework. <clears throat> and uh, after I just took that into my spirit for a while, I knew what the Holy Spirit meant. And so I said to them, these leaders and pastors that were gathered there, I said, there is an assignment for you. What I want you to do between now and tomorrow morning when we come back together is find one person and minister the healing power of Jesus to them and just see what happens. Now, what I'm going to tell you in this story changed my whole perspective on ministry. I'm serious. I was amazed by what happened. Because the next day, we came together, and the first thing I did was I got up and I said, okay, who's got their homework done? And three hands went up. 
So I said, come on up and tell us what happened. And I'm going to tell it to you just the way it was translated to me out of the Swahili language. This is what happened. The first one was a young mother. She had a baby that was about six months old. Now this baby had a tumor protruding out of the back of its head about three or four inches. Serious, serious condition. She got up there and she said, yes, I was here yesterday in the meeting and I got the teaching and I, I went home and I was just doing some housework in my house. And she said, my baby was over in the baby chair. And as I was working there in the house, all of a sudden, I looked up and I looked at the baby and this question leaped into my mind. Why can't I walk over there to that baby and lay my hands on the baby and see it healed right now? I'm listening to this coming forth in the translation and I'm saying, hallelujah, I like that question. She said, I walked over there, I laid my two hands on the baby's head, and under my hands, the tumor receded back into the head and was gone. And she's got the baby right there, turning it all around so everybody can see the head. The head is perfectly normal on this baby. And we're like, dude, I didn't say dude. Okay, but I mean, we are like, whoa, man. By the way, if you do go on a foreign missions trip and you're speaking to people, don't say stuff like dude, okay? The translator will have a hard time with it. <laughs> I just had my staff guy, Pete, in uh, Africa and wrote the word crazy. And uh, he, was saying, he was saying the English word crazy, okay? Now, in a setting, in a context, crazy can be good, right? It was crazy good. We, that's, we sometimes use but they don't know that. They're, they're trying to translate this into, and uh, it, was, it was so good, it was crazy, and everybody's going, well, you know. <laughs> so be careful with the words you use. But, but um, we're just like, man, amazing. The second person up there was a middle-aged lady. Now, with this one, you're going to have to cut me a little slack, okay? Because it's Africa, it's not Upper Michigan. <laughs> and they just have a different view of body parts than we do. And you'll see it if you go to Africa. So she said, yes, I was here yesterday, and I got the teaching. And I went home, and then last night, she said, I went to my own church where I go. And I was standing in the back, she said, and a woman came in that I had never seen before. And she said, and this woman had one breast swelled up twice the size of the other. So I said to her, hey, I've just been to this healing meeting and I'm supposed to get somebody healed. Can I pray for you? And the lady said, yeah. And she, here's what she said. I grabbed that breast. And I started praying in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and, I, and I said to myself, I'm glad it was you, not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she said, under my hands, the breast went down to the same size as the other one, and she was completely healed. I mean, 
whoa, probably some kind of breast cancer or some other kind of terrible disease, and this woman was healed in moments of time there standing in the back of the church. I'm like, hallelujah, this is awesome. Third one that morning was a young pastor from the village there. And he said, yes, sir, I was here yesterday. I got the teaching. I got the assignment, and I left out from here. And I was walking in the streets of the village, and he said, I came upon this woman that was just sitting by the side of the street. And uh, he said, I walked up to her, and I said, why are you just sitting here like this? She said, well, uh, I had some people helping me, but they're gone. I don't know where they are. I don't know when they're coming back. She said, I'm paralyzed in my feet, my ankles. I can't walk. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, this was the Holy Spirit on him. He said, I looked right into her eyes, and I asked her this question. Do you want to be healed? Sometimes that's the right question to ask. Some people don't want to be healed. Can I tell you something? It's very difficult to get people healed who don't want to be healed. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, God will break in and do a va-boomba. <laughs> but most of the time, if they don't want to be healed, uh, it's pretty tough. The lady looked up at him, and she said, oh, yes, sir. He said, here, take my hand. And it was just like Acts chapter 3. He raised her up took her hand, raised her up, she stood up, strength came into her ankles, into her feet, just like the lame man at the gate, beautiful. He started walking her up and down the street. Pretty soon they were running together, hallelujah. I'm listening to these, and I'm like, dude, I want to do those. <laughs> you know? Again, I didn't say dude, but I want to do those, hallelujah. And I have, since then I have done some of those. And I'm telling you, the power of God and the mercy of God is available to flow through us. We've just got to begin to see things differently. We've got to begin to see them through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of Scripture, the Word of God, and what it actually teaches, not just our human traditions, and especially this, just not some dear person somewhere sometime that didn't get healed and then they died. Don't define your theology of healing by that, please. Let the scriptures and let the example of Jesus be what calls the shots for you. And uh, I'm telling you, many, many more people will be healed. So let's get rolling here tonight. We're going to look at three of these ways that we're going to heal like Jesus healed. First one here is in Luke chapter 4. And verse 40, let's read the verse. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, that's a lot of sick people. Go ahead, tell your neighbor. All those that had any that were sick. Wow. Look at the last part of the verse. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Hallelujah. There's something very powerful about the laying on of hands. Jesus did it himself. He, set, he stands as our example with that. And not only did he do it himself, 
He commanded us to do it. If you'll flip back to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Verses 17 and 18. It says, and these signs will follow international evangelists. <laughs> well, let's back up and try again. And these signs will follow pastors. No, it doesn't say that either. And these signs will follow apostles. No. What does it actually say? Tell me. These signs will follow those who believe. Wow. For these signs to happen, the only qualification and the only condition is that you believe. <laughs> now, believing is more than intellectual assent to a proposition. Okay? Our intellectual world out there would tell us that's what believing is. I believe it because I've conquered it with my beautiful intellectual mind. Now I have it. Thank you very much. My question would be, what did you do with it? <laughs> did you ever do anything? Well, no, it's just kind of hanging around up there in my brain. You know, it's, it's nice. I store it up there. Uh, people can be healed. You know, I, I've got that. All right. <laughs> what's next? No, wait. Before we go on to what's next, Let's say, if we believe, we have faith that moves into action. Because James 2 teaches us faith without works is dead. But faith with works actually brings the power of God into a situation. Okay, and um, I'll, let me just for a moment here explain to you why we have a problem with this in the Western church. In the Western Church, back in 1517, we had a thing started that's called the Protestant Reformation. Very famous man named Martin Luther. Everybody's heard of him, right? Right. And uh, Martin Luther did many great things. He restored the truth of justification by faith. Um, all kinds of great things. One I'm really happy about, clergy people can be married. Hallelujah. I love that one. I love my wife. She's awesome. Hallelujah. You love that one, Pastor John? He loves it too. Hallelujah. And all kinds of stuff he did like that. But there are a couple of things that hang over from the work of the Protestant Reformation that have given us a few problems. One of them is... Uh, teaching about faith alone. Now, the point originally was faith alone and not, you know, relics and, and uh, things from the Roman Catholic Church that were hanging on that, that Luther was battling against in that day. So he had a good intention. But unfortunately, people have taken it now to be that faith is just this thing in my head and it's my idea and I never have to do anything. And that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, Luther himself had an opinion of the book of James. Did you know what it is? In the book of James, he called it an epistle of straw <laughs> because it said, faith without works is dead. 
But I'm here to tell you today, we can take the good, and there is much good of what Luther accomplished in, in justification by faith, and we can actually go farther than Luther, and we can say, Luther, we're restoring the book of James to the canon <laughs> of Scripture, and we are going to say faith without works is dead. That's what James said. Faith with works does amazing things. So, these signs will follow those who believe. I said all of those things too, uh, for those of you who are wondering, uh, because the Greek word for believe and faith is one word. We, they don't, the Greek doesn't have two different words for that. It's just the Greek word pistuo. And um, believe in English is the verb and faith is the noun, but Greek just has the same word for both of those. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, unless they live in America, where there are no demons. <laughs> uh, no, actually, we got as many demons per capita here as other nations. We just have the people that the demons are in drugged up with legal and illegal drugs so the demons don't manifest quite as much as they do in Africa and Asia and so forth. That's just my opinion, but, but we'll go on, hallelujah. <laughs> they will speak with new tongues, hallelujah. Jesus prophesied. That in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, here in this statement, Jesus prophesied what happened in Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit fell on them, they spoke with tongues, and uh, people were amazed from all over the earth. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. <clears throat> now, uh, Pastor John, did you get the bags of rattlers ready for us here tonight? <laughs> going to pass those babies down the row. We're going to see how spiritual all you people are. <laughs> No, that's what they do in Appalachia. We're not going to do that here tonight, okay? This verse means if it happens to you by accident, okay? Like happened to the Apostle Paul. Remember that one in Acts 27? Right, he flung the thing off into the fire. Remember, the people were amazed, and then they believed the gospel. Amen. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. This is what's going to happen with people who believe. How many of you believe here tonight? Raise your hand if you believe. Whoa, hallelujah. It's everybody. Man. These signs are designed to be following you simply because you believe and also because you have this amazing example in Jesus. So let me tell you another story. I was going to India to do a crusade. All the plans were made. We, the grounds were set and everything, and I had the team. We landed in the airport in India, got into the vehicles, and vroom, headed out. We do not waste time on these missions, okay? And we're not there for sightseeing. We are there to win souls. We are there to impact a village, a region, and see the kingdom of God come. 
So we're driving. We've got like a nine-hour drive to get to the place to start that night. Go ahead, say it. You're out of your mind, doctor. <laughs> That's what my team say, too. But say, I told you this before we started. But anyway, we stopped in this smallest of little villages after some hours. We needed water. We are not at the crusade yet. We are in everyday life in India now. We need water, vehicle stops, everybody gets out. Some boys are sent to get the water. The hatch on the back of the vehicle is open, so that's where everybody is, out of the sun. Hallelujah. And we're just standing there. And along coming down the street comes this tall Indian young man with his arm all bandaged up in a gauze, his right arm all bandaged in a gauze bandage. So what do you do? We're not at the crusade. We're not on duty yet, are we? No, I'm on duty all the time. Hallelujah. I'm on high alert. And so I stopped him, and I said, and I had guys there that could translate, and I said, hey, what happened to your arm? He said, I broke it uh, 15 days ago. And he said, all I had was this gauze bandage. He said, there's no medical stuff of any, anything here in this village. I don't know what's going to happen. I said, how do you know it's actually broken? He said, because I can't move my fingers. I said, bingo. I said, I am here in your village right now for a few moments because you have a divine appointment with Jesus to be healed. Would you like to be healed in your arm? He said, oh, yes, sir, very much. I said, let's pray. And I just laid my hand on him, and I prayed about a 30-second prayer. Actually... We, we, when we're doing this, we say we prayed, but we don't really pray, okay? We actually speak to the condition. I'm going to cover that in point number two here, but we speak to the condition. We don't beg God to do something he's already promised many times in his word that he will do. What we do is we stand in the moment and we become the pipeline through which the power of God can flow through simple childlike obedience. Can you say amen to that? I took my hand away from him and I said, how is your arm? He said, watch this. He started moving those fingers. <laughs> I said, hallelujah, Jesus just healed your arm. He said, yeah, I know, there's no more pain. He started unwrapping the gauze bandage. Hallelujah. And now the boys are back with the water, and we got to get going. So what do you do? I said, I said this to him. I said, I have a favor to ask of you, son. He said, what is it? I'll do anything. I said, tell every person in this village what Jesus just did for you. He said, I will. <laughs> This village was so small, I, I highly doubt there will ever be a crusade there. But a young man whose arm got healed promised me he would tell everybody what Jesus did for him. Hallelujah. I'm expecting to see people in heaven when I get there off of that. Can you say amen to that? 
because they saw that miracle and they believed that Jesus could save them. So lay your hands on the sick. When you're doing it, you know, out in public and just going about your life, get their permission first. You know, don't do sneak attacks. You know, at Walmart. Ninja healing, you know, right? No, talk to the person, get their name, get their permission. Many, many people will let you pray for them at Target, at Kmart, at Walmart, wherever you are. It's awesome. All right, now let's go on to number two. We're healing like Jesus healed. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And we will start in verse 5. So our first one was lay hands on the sick. Our second one is speak a word of authority. Speak a word of authority. In verse 5 of Matthew chapter 8, it says this. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. Okay, everybody, what is a centurion? Talk to me. Yes, he's a commander. In which army? The Roman army. It's the army that ruled the territory in Jesus' day. Commander of how many men? A hundred men, therefore centurion. So he's an officer of the Roman army. He's like a captain. And this man, bear in mind as well, he's a member of the occupying military force that enforces the Roman peace. <laughs> Remember the Roman peace from history class? Roman peace is a special kind of peace. It's the tranquility and the blessedness that comes after the Roman legions have come through and killed everybody that resisted them and chopped off their heads or crucified them. <clears throat> and you have Roman peace. And when you have Roman peace, then the tax collectors can get busy because they say, ah, oh, the tax this year is going to be 32%. Sounds kind of like, I know it sounds like Washington, D.C., but, <laughs> but uh, it was a little different back then. So this guy, the centurion, is a member of this group that it's keeping the whole Jewish population, and that's why they had tax collectors. All this money had to be sent over to the emperor uh, so he could live a crazy, lavish lifestyle and the Romans' uh, armies could be fed and so forth. But something had happened to this guy. So the centurion came to Jesus, pleading with him, saying... Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Now, if it was me, it's a good thing it was Jesus, okay? Because if it was me, 
I'd say, hey, get your lousy soldiers out of here and give us our freedom and maybe we'll think about sharing some of this covenant with you Gentiles, if I had been there. <laughs> but it wasn't me, it was Jesus, hallelujah. Are you glad it was Jesus, <laughs> our Savior, our Messiah? Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had Jesus standing in front of me in, in the body, in the flesh, and he said, hey, I want to come over and heal some people at your house, I think I'd say, come on over. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me, but... The centurion says, no, no, I'm not even worthy of that. Now, there are some things in this story that are so amazing, you actually have to gasp when you hear them. Seriously. So let's get ready. Let's all practice a gasp together. And when we come to them, I want you all to do a, do a gasp. Okay, so you ready? Breathe out first. Go, and I'll go, <gasps> Try again. We're practicing. Okay. Breathe out. Okay. Ooh, that was good. All right. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, here's where you need to gasp. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Wait a minute. This is Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, everything Jesus is. He marvels at this Gentile army officer and his statement. That is worth gasping over. And look at what the man said. I am a man under authority, having soldiers. And he commands them, and they have to do what he says. This man, who is a stranger, an alien to the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a Gentile. And he's standing here in the presence of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he is filled with faith. It's amazing. You, you should have gasped there. I'll back up. And all of a sudden, he, the centurion, is filled with faith. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> How can this be? And Jesus marvels at his statement. He reaches into his life world and takes an authority structure, understands it, and applies it to his spiritual issue here, which is getting his servant healed, which nobody around him was doing. May I highly, highly recommend to you to follow the centurion in this one thing. Reach into your life world, into the authority structures that are in your life world, and pull something out and apply it to the whole matter of healing and having God do miracles. Because he does them by authority. There has to be a higher authority present than 
the disease. And, and when there is that authority present, then there is every right to speak and act in light of the authority that just happens to be the name that is above every name. Is anybody with me here tonight? That every knee must bow and every tongue must confess, not only in this age, but in the age to come, both ages, in other words, right now, and also on the other side of the second coming, hallelujah, I'm talking about Jesus. But if you just explore in your mind through your life world where there is authority, at work, uh, uh, some of us have it when we drive. <clears throat> Do I need to go into detail? <laughs> You're driving out here on Highway 41 through town. The speed limit is 40, right? I think it was. I just drove through there. I didn't get a ticket, praise God. I think it's 40 there. If you drive your car through there 70, pretty soon a car will be behind you with revolving uh, lights on top. And you will pull over to the side of the road because that car has authority over you. They're from the state of Michigan. They're called state troopers. <laughs> and you'll roll your window down and a man in a smoky bear hat will come around the side of your car and he'll say, thy speedometer runneth over. <laughs> and and you will say, oh, officer, I didn't mean to. Or, or you'll say something, I had to get to my kid's recital, you know, or, you know all, all kinds of stuff we say. And uh, if he's in a merciful mood, he'll give you a warning. Otherwise, he'll give you one of those beautiful tickets here that the state of Michigan gives out. And you have the opportunity to submit to authority and send in your offering to the state. <laughs> yeah. If you do not submit, then you will appeal to a higher authority. You'll go to court and you'll say, I wasn't doing 70, I was only doing 68 or no, whatever. Whatever your defense is, and you can try that, and you, but you're always going to be under authority. And I don't think you'll get that one to the Supreme Court. But examine your life for the authority structures that are there and pull from those and begin to apply them to this whole subject of healing and miracles in the kingdom of God. Because that's what the centurion did. And Jesus marveled that he was doing it. And we all just gasped here a minute ago. But look at what Jesus says. Because Jesus' statement also is worthy of gasping over. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This guy's a Gentile. I don't know if you've noticed this in the Gospel of Matthew as you read through it. All the heroes of faith are Gentiles. And Matthew is this gospel to the Jews, right? That's, that's what we always say about it, and it is. 
But all the heroes of faith are Gentiles. The Magi, remember them in chapter 2? They show up, they see a star in the east, and they head west, and they come, and they... Uh, come into the city of Jerusalem, hey, your king is born. Everybody's like, wow, what king? They had faith. This guy, chapter 8, Jesus says, I haven't found faith like this anywhere in Israel. He's got Jewish people, the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob standing all around him there. This Gentile's got more faith than all of you. No wonder they loved him so much. <laughs> no wonder they crucified him. How about the Syrophoenician woman in chapter 15 in Matthew? Great is your faith, O woman. All the heroes of faith in the Gospel of Matthew are Gentiles. You should have gasped right there, but I'll, I'll, I'll back up again. All the heroes of faith in the Gospel of Matthew are Gentiles. How could it be? Well, Paul tells us in the book of Romans, doesn't he, that... The Gentiles have been set by God to bring the nation of Israel to a jealousy so that somehow they can believe. Read, read Romans 9, 10, and 11. It lays that all out to you. But man, oh man, this guy brings the authority out of his military situation and applies it to healing here. Look at verse 13. Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, how did the centurion believe? Everybody, scream right out loud. I'm hungry, doctor. I'm hungry, doctor. Feed me some more Greek, doctor. Okay, here we go. In verse 8, I'll feed you some Greek. At the end of the verse. But only speak by means of a word, and my servant will be healed. I know it doesn't say that in your English translation. I am putting it in there because that is the impact of how it's expressed in the Greek language. Speak by means of a word, and my servant will be healed. Wow. In other words, the word coming out of the person's mouth becomes the conduit through which faith is expressed, through which the power of God is expressed, and that word comes and it heals. So what does Jesus do? Exactly that in verse 13. Go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. So it also was mingled with the centurion's faith, but Jesus also steps in here, so let it be done for you. And the, and the servant is healed within that hour. So I would highly recommend to you and to myself, I need to hear this myself, when we are ministering healing to people, speak by means of a word. Don't beg God, don't cry and plead, and please, if it be thy will, O God, friend, settle it in your heart and mind. It is his will. Jesus died on the cross and bared his back to the smiter, smiters for two amazing things to happen for the human race. Number one, for our sins to be forgiven. 
Number two, for our sick bodies to be healed. He stood in fulfillment when he did that. He stood in fulfillment of Psalm 103, verse 3, which says, He forgives all our iniquities. And then what does it say next? In some people's Bible it says, He heals a few of our diseases. Uh, but the verse says, He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Hallelujah. Now, I have never held a meeting yet in my life, and I've held meetings for tens and tens of thousands of people all over the world. I have never held a meeting yet where every single person got saved. I'd like to. I've seen, I've seen 67,000 people confess Jesus on one night in one altar call in India. It was amazing, but it wasn't the whole crowd. The crowd was 105,000. And so when people complain about, well, you know, so-and-so is not healed, and this healing didn't happen, and so forth, I know. We are reaching for something here that the Word of God puts before us. We do not define it. We do not uh, set the conditions in motion. We obey Jesus. Can you say amen? And we let his power flow and his authority be established. And praise God. And I have had meetings. I think I've had, I think the number now is 11 meetings I have had where every single person that received prayer was healed. Hallelujah. It makes an impression on you when that happens. I like it. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on here to number three. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 1, please. Mark chapter 1. This is the third one. We're going to heal like Jesus healed. We need to be moved with compassion. Be moved with compassion at the needs of the people. In verse 40, in Mark chapter 1, it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Are you ready to gasp again? Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. <laughs> You're not supposed to touch lepers. It's against the law of Moses. Lepers are supposed to stay and keep their distance. If anyone who doesn't have leprosy comes near, they're supposed to shout out, unclean, unclean, right? So that's the law. Now you have the one who is the fulfillment of the law, not the destruction of the law, but its fulfillment. The Lord Jesus Christ comes into the presence of leprosy. And he's moved with compassion. And he stretches out his hand and touches the leper. Hallelujah. 
You see, for centuries, the law had made leprosy greater than a lot of things that could be done. Leprosy is so great, you can't touch it. You can't do things with it until Jesus came. Matthew 5, 17, do not think I came to destroy the law. I did not come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it. And he actually broke the law to, to fulfill it instead of destroying it. The mercy of God, the love of God, and the healing power of God through compassion comes through Jesus and into this leper. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. The same thing can happen with you and with me. The power that was in Jesus was stronger than the power that was in leprosy. In fact, the power that was in Jesus was, was stronger than the power that was in the law because Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. Now, I would like to tell you a leprosy story tonight. But please understand, you're not going to run into very many cases of physical leprosy here in the Upper Peninsula or Wisconsin or the Lower Michigan or anywhere in America. But we do have some leprosies. And the people don't physically have to cry out, unclean, unclean. The medical community has done that for them. They're separated, they're different, they're set apart. And then Jesus comes and fulfills the law. Sometimes the law, quote unquote, has to be broken for it to be fulfilled. So let me tell you this story about two leprosies that exist in our culture, bipolar and paranoid schizophrenia. Two leprosies of our, of our day and our culture. My wife Sherry and I were ministering in a church in uh, central Wisconsin. We had a Sunday morning service. Many people came up to receive prayer. We had prayed over everyone, and the last one was a young lady named Andrea. I had never seen her in my life. I didn't talk to her very long before I prayed for her. And I just knew that what she really needed was the perfect love of the Father. I didn't know anything about her life situation. And I took her and held her to myself like a father. And I held her probably seven or eight minutes. And my wife came after me and held her like a mother for another time about like that. And then, without talking much, we, we all just left, just in how, how things happened there. But we had a night service, just like we're having here now. And we came back together and... I asked for testimonies, and Andrea was the first one to come up. And this is what she said. She said, uh, since the age of six, I have been diagnosed with bipolar and paranoid schizophrenia. 
Now, I don't know how you diagnose a six-year-old child with those. I mean, I'm a doctor. I'm not that kind of doctor, but that, that is beyond me. And this is what she said. So through my whole life from that point to now, and she was uh, 22, she said, I've been on 20 plus kinds of medications per day. And they're constantly changing them because one has to cancel this and this has to do that and this has to cancel that out. And, it, and she said, it's, it's really crazy. But she said, last night, Saturday night, for some reason, I knew I shouldn't take my meds. And I'm not telling you this tonight to have you not take your meds, okay? That's between you, your doctor, and your God, okay? Am I uh, clear with everybody here? <clears throat> she said, I didn't take them last night, and now it's been 24 hours. She said, look at me. I'm calm, I'm composed, I'm standing in front of all of you. It was a crowd about just like this. She said, I'm not even nervous being up here. She said, normally before, if I didn't have my meds for 24 hours, I would, these were her words, I would be a wild woman. You would have to put me in a cage. And she said, I'm okay. And we just wept because of the miracle that the Father's love had done in her, both in that encounter in the morning service there and then through the afternoon as she just soaked in the Father's love. Well, we went back there 15 months later. I always like the before and after stories. I always like some time to go by and check it out, amen? 15 months later, Andrea came to the meeting. We talked to her a little bit before the meeting, but she came up and testified. Now, her, her condition was so bad, her three children had been taken from her by the social services. She came up there with her three kids and her husband, married to a Christian husband now, with her kids back. She said, I met Jesus and I met the Father's love 15 months ago and it's just been getting better and better and better ever since. And I'm whole. And my mind is whole. And I can think my thoughts the way I want to think them. And we'll end with this. The last thing she said in that, in that testimony, the last thing that happened in, in that thing in 15 months later, her father, who had an identical condition to hers, was healed also of bipolar and paranoid schizophrenia over a phone by someone speaking the word of authority with an authority that is greater than paranoid schizophrenia and greater than bipolar and greater than cancer, and greater than multiple sclerosis. You name the name, I'm here to tell you tonight, the name of Jesus is greater and way more powerful. And he's here with us. He's for us, not against us.
What we have got to do is believe him and trust him and do what the word says. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up together, please. Yeah, give him some praise here tonight. Put your hands together. Give the Lord some praise. He's worthy. He's awesome and he's powerful.